Glad you have chosen to worship with us today at Centerpoint on this great Easter Sunday. And uh, it is one special day. I don't know how you cannot wake up on Easter morning and just celebrate this day. It's a great day to have you. Inside your bulletin, there is a connection card. I want to ask everyone to use that. I just want to ask you if you will. We'd love to know who's here today. And I know some of you attend every week. And just at least put your name on there and turn this in the offering basket when it's, when it's passed. For some, you may want to sign up for something. You may want to share a prayer request. But let me speak to those, though, who, who are guests today. You know, Easter Sunday is always a big day in the church across, across America, across the world. And it's a day when we see some people who, maybe we don't see a whole bunch. You, you come sometimes, but you're like, okay, I'm going to be here on Easter. We've been praying specifically for you because this could be a day that you say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to really just dive into my walk with God and just really get going, so to speak. I'm going to take some steps with him. For some of you, uh, this could be a total day of a restart. Because some people say, you know, I used to walk with God at one time and I've kind of just fallen off of that. And you say, I'm going to start at a holiday. We've been praying for you that today would be the day. You showed up and today would be a day, you know what, I'm going to restart with God. For others, this is the first time. Because we've asked our church to invite. We said, bring your neighbors, bring your friends, bring your relatives, bring your coworkers. We've asked our church to invite and said, because this can be a first start for many of you today. And so we're praying specifically for you today. If you're a guest today, we're, we're so glad you chose to be here. On your way out, we have a guest gift. We'll put that in your hands. It's by the exit door. By all means, stop and pick that up today. Today, we're going to dive into some scripture. I don't, I don't know how else to preach other than to use God's word. I really don't. And... Uh, we're going to be flipping through a lot. I don't know if you'll be able to keep up, because we're, so we're just having it on the screens. I encourage you to use your, your growth guide, but God's Word speaks so clearly to what today is all about. So clearly lays it out for us, and then we just have to respond. We have a choice of how we respond. Do we accept it and receive and act upon it, or do we ignore it? See, the truth of the matter is today is a day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. At the same time, it's a day where we hold up Jesus as our mirror and go, okay, what am I doing with that sacrifice? Am I just wasting it? Am I just kind of throwing it away? Am I just kind of ignoring it? Have you ever thought about the resurrection and how the resurrection of Jesus is different from others who rose from the dead that we find in the Bible? You say, wait a minute, there's others who rose from the dead? Yeah, there's several accounts in Scripture where people were dead and they came back to life. Think about it, in the Old Testament. And what's the significance that Jesus rose from the dead? And what, and what is the difference? In the Old Testament, there's the raising of the Sidon's uh, widow's son by Elijah. There's a raising of the Shuamite woman by, woman's son by Elisha. And indeed, there's other obscure situations where were dead men being thrown onto Elisha's bones during a Moabite raid. As the dead man touched Elisha's bones, he was raised to life. There's all kinds of just crazy things you read throughout the scriptures and go, oh my goodness, what is, what is that about? And then in the New Testament, there's the raising of Jairus' daughter and the raising of the son of the widow at Nain and the raising of Lazarus that was well-known situation outside of even Christian circles where Lazarus come walking out of the grave as Jesus said, Lazarus come out. What's the difference though? What's the difference between that of, from Jesus and each of these instances being raised from the dead and Jesus being raised from the dead? 
Here's the big difference. Here's the big difference. They all went back to the grave. And Jesus never did go back to the grave. He conquered the grave. He actually ascended to heaven. And you say, why is it important that he really did rise from the dead and that he lives today, that he is not dead? See, through the centuries, there have been many victories in God's dealings with men. But the greatest triumph of all of them was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The fact that he conquered the grave and never went back to it. In one earth-shattering moment, Jesus conquered the three greatest enemies of mankind. He conquered sin, he conquered Satan, and he conquered our second death. In one resurrection from the grave. I want to consider these victories of the resurrection today with you. The victory over sin. See, from the very beginning in the garden, man had been engaged in a battle against sin. Who's going to win? I'm going to do it God's way, I'm going to do it my way. So we're in this battle, and because we are descendants of Adam, we have an inheritance from him, a tendency to do things that we know are wrong. We have this, this tendency to want to go towards that direction. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Right there in the very beginning, we're told, listen, we, we've all done it. We, we can pick up what Adam did, and now we live that same way. Sometimes we, we don't even want to sin. Sometimes we, we even know that, that it's harmful to our well-being. We're like, I don't want to do that. But we still go down that road and choose to do behaviors that are not God-honoring. And Paul describes this conflict in the book of Romans in chapter 7 when he says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. For I know that in me, that's talking about the sinful nature there, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. He said, I want to do good, but I keep doing bad. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am. The Apostle Paul, who went preaching and teaching and planting churches on the missionary journeys and, and has written over half of the New Testament, says, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Boy, that gives me some peace. Okay, if Paul had that struggle, whew, okay, I'm not alone. The man who was an apostle of Jesus, by his death on the cross of Calvary, Christ provided a way for our sin to be removed. It's by his resurrection, together with his blood, that God can declare us perfectly righteous in him. Paul goes on in Romans 4 and he says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Justification made us just as if I had never sinned. That means God can stamp on the bill of our sins, paid in full, perfect in Christ. Even when we feel like I am such an imperfection or I just keep doing what I don't want to do, just like the Apostle Paul says, hey, have you ever been justified? You ever been declared righteous? See, Christ's death and resurrection have provided the way out. You must believe it and accept it 
to have the victory in Christ, to have that provision. Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Have you ever come to that saving faith where you've been justified? That's a question worth wrestling with on this Easter morning. So you can deal with that challenge of life. It's called a, a sin challenge today by accepting the gift of salvation. That's free to us, but cost Christ his life. You can deal with that. Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, if you're in Christ Jesus, then eternal life is that gift. See, through death on the cross and the resurrection, Jesus was victorious over sin for you and me. He conquered our sin challenge. And when we put our faith in Jesus, then we can have victory over that sin all because of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's that free gift of salvation that we just read about a few moments ago as we were singing. This Easter also reminds us that we can... God was victorious over Satan. I love it. I, I love it when you, start, when you start thinking about his victory over Satan. See, when Christ was crucified on Calvary, Satan thought he had finally accomplished his lifelong purpose to destroy God's plan of salvation. He's like, I won. He had been trying for centuries. For example, he caused Cain to kill righteous Abel, but God gave Seth. He caused Abraham in unbelief to bear Ishmael, but God miraculously gave Isaac. He caused Joseph's brothers to sell him to a slave in Egypt, but God saved his whole family from starvation through Joseph's faithfulness. And he caused David to sin, a worthy sin of death, but God gave him a repentant heart. He caused Herod to kill all the babies two years old and under, but God directed Joseph to take the baby Jesus, to Egypt. And then he caused Judas to betray Christ, leading to the crucifixion of Jesus. And there was the triumph Satan had waited for. Nearly 5,000 years of diabolical planning had paid off. And for three days, Satan and his demons threw a victory party. But in the early to third morning, Christ rose from the dead and Satan was defeated. I think Jesus came out and said, April Fool's! Isn't it fitting that it falls right now today? Defeated Satan. 1 Peter 3 says it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Jesus conquered the grave and now sits at the right hand of his Father. In 1 John 3, we're told the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Colossians says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I mean, everything is just Jesus going, look at, I defeated you, Satan. You've been destroyed. Satan is a defeated enemy. Don't let him win any longer in your life. He's defeated. He cannot have control over us as long as we are controlled by the living Christ. Don't let him have control in your life. 1 John 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you, the living Christ, is greater than he who is in the world. 
Too many times, though, we just let that world keep on winning. Easter is a great time to say, man, I live underneath the resurrection of Christ. No longer does Satan win in my life. Jesus will deliver you from bondage if you'll yield that particular area of your life to him. When a six-foot-four muscular Arab man tried to light an explosive in his shoe on flight 63 to Paris, a flight attendant tackled him and with the help of five passengers, subdued him and rescued or saved 197 people on board. How could such a little defender subdue such a large opponent? The article said, with lots of help. Lots of help. How can we overcome the powerful Satan in all of his dominions with the victorious Christ in our hearts and the intercessory help of our brothers and sisters in him together in Christ? Satan has no power over us. Think of how many lives can be saved if we tackle and subdue him together. See, Jesus Christ won the victory over sin. By his resurrection. Jesus Christ has won the victory over Satan by his resurrection. And Jesus Christ has won the victory over the second death by his resurrection. See, we as followers of Jesus Christ have no need to fear physical death. Have no need to fear it. Because we know that we cannot die spiritually. Yeah, these bodies are going to waste away. Look what Jesus said to Martha in John 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And he said, do you believe this? It's a good question for us to wrestle with today. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe that Jesus really conquered the grave? To the believer in Christ, the grave is just a launching pad to eternal glory with God forever to the believer paul describes so clearly what happens to our bodies in first corinthians he says so will it be with the resurrection of the dead the body that is sown is perishable it is raised imperishable it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body he's talking about the new bodies that we get when we're in christ and then he concludes when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is a law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear death. So those who have been received Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, that second death or, eter or eternal separation from God is not possible. We look forward to eternity with God. Revelation 26 says, Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. In other words, you believe in the first resurrection, Jesus' resurrection. He says the second death has no power over them. No power. Do you believe today? Max Lucado in his book Six Hours One Friday 
tells of the story of a missionary in Brazil who discovered a tribe of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. I love this story. I've shared it before, but it just gives us a great picture. They lived near a very large river, and the tribe needed some, some dire medical attention because sickness was ravaging over their tribe, and a contagious disease was just taking the population, and people were dying daily. A hospital was not too far away, but it was across the river. But the Indians would not cross the river because they believed it was inhibited by, by evil spirits. To enter the water, they thought, would mean for sure certain death. And the missionary tried to explain how he had crossed over the river and he was on harm, but they were not impressed. He took them to the bank of the river and he stood at the bank of the river and he splashed water in his face. He said, look, it's not going to hurt you. He stepped down into the water and said, you can step into the water with me. He's trying to get him to come and they still wouldn't do it. They were afraid to enter into the river. Finally, he dove into the river, swam beneath the surface until he emerged on the other side. He come up and punched his fist up in a triumph in the air because he had entered the water and escaped it. It was then that the Indians broke out to a cheer and they followed him across. Because they were terrified to think if we go in that water, what's in it? And especially if we go underneath it. That's exactly what Jesus did. He told the people of his day that they need not fear the river of death. They wouldn't believe. He touched a dead boy and called them back to life, and they still didn't believe. He whispered into the body of a dead girl and got the same result, and they still didn't believe. He let the dead man spend four days in a tomb, and then he called them out and said, Lazarus, come forth. And they still struggled in their belief. And finally, he entered the river or the grave of death, the tomb, and he came out on the other side came out on the other side for you and me. Praise the Lord. Jesus won the victory. He won the victory over the second death by his resurrection. That same victory, Christ has won over sin, Satan in a second death, can be ours. Can, have, can be our victory through him. But you have to trust for that salvation. Today could be a day for many. I think it's for Christians of what a great reminder, what a great encouragement of who we are, that we are not under sin, that Satan is defeated, and I have the hope of heaven. What a reminder we need to be reminded of often. But for some, this is a crossroads day. This is a day to look at the gospel, to look at the scriptures we've shared today and really ask yourself and really do some searching today. Do I truly believe? Is my salvation really secure today? Do I really believe in Jesus? See, you must believe that Jesus died and rose for you again beyond a shadow of doubt going, you know what? I may not totally understand it. I don't totally grasp all of it, but I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe it really happened. You invite Jesus to take control of your life. Lord, I just I want to turn my life over to you. Lord, I, I want to give you the wheel of life. You're in charge. Lord, I, I'm going to be the, the second in command. You're in first command, and I'll follow where you want to go. I, I'll be an Indian. I'm no longer going to be the chief of my life. You're the chief of my life. That's just inviting him and saying, Lord, I want you to be in charge. And then we confess to God that I'm a sinner, and you tell other people that you believe in the work of the cross. When we do that. We accept Christ. 
You receive that free gift of salvation and baptism as Paul explains in Romans 6 when he says, Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. It says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So he says, if you unite with me while you're here on earth, follow my guiding of Scripture, what I've taught to believe and to invite and to confess and then follow in that watery grave of baptism, you're going to unite with me in heaven. At that moment you commit your life to him, three things will happen. Sin is removed, it's done away with. It's gone. It's gone, completely gone, erased, washed away by the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit then comes to dwell and live inside of your heart as your protection against Satan, as your guide for life, as your teacher who will help you on this journey of life. And then you'll have eternal life and you will never die spiritually. Yes, the body will pass away, but you'll live forever in heaven. What an exchange. Our sin for Christ's righteousness, our weakness for Christ's power, our death for Christ's life. This Easter could be different. It could be the same old, same old. Just another Easter holiday. It was a good day at church. Well, I went with my mom, I went with my dad, or I went with my kids, went to church today. Could be one of those days. Or it could be the day that you draw a line of sand and say, you know what? I drew a line of sand on Easter 2018. It was a new start for me. It was a new step. It was a new direction in my walk with Christ. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me. I just want to lead you some, through some thinking and, and some praying. Father God, I just want to ask for you to work in this room right now with our heads bowed. God, I want to ask you just to take the words that have been proclaimed in this room today and penetrate those deep to our hearts and our minds. Maybe today you're here and you just say, I need prayer. I need someone to walk with me in prayer. We have people who are ready to pray with you. We're going to guide you in that in just a moment. Let me ask you this. If you're a believer in Jesus and you're like, I know the resurrection is real. Jesus is my Savior. I just want to ask you with your heads bowed, just raise your hand. Raise a hand. You believe in Jesus as your Savior? Just raise your hand. Let's just make it a confirmation that Jesus is my Savior. Lord, I know you see these hands that are raised right now. It's just a confirmation that we believe in the resurrection, Jesus. Go ahead and put those hands down. For some of you, you didn't raise your hand this morning. Could be various reasons. Maybe it's just, I'm not, just don't want to do it. Maybe you're unsure of your salvation. Maybe it's because I don't believe. We would love to help you on that journey of faith today. We believe in having good conversations and discussions, and maybe today could be that starting point. We're going to sing here in a moment. I'm going to invite you to get up and worship and get up and make a decision. Maybe today is a day of salvation, though. And you're like, I need to do this. I need to make it public. I need to proclaim Jesus my Savior. I need to be baptized. Right now, you could stand up and go to the back of the room. I have some people back there ready to talk with you and help you take a next step with Jesus. Right now, it could be your day that you say, I want to stand. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe today you're like, I just need some people to pray with me on my journey. Again, you could stand up and just go to the back of the room right now. I invite you to do that. Sometimes it starts with a conversation. Lord, just help me. Some people in this room then just start to 
to help and start to have some conversations. And in time, you come to that point of faith in Jesus. I invite you to respond today. We're going to continue in worship in what we call communion. It's where we remember this death, this burial, and this resurrection that we celebrate. We remember and we celebrate our victory over sin. We remember and we celebrate victory over Satan. We remember and we celebrate that there is victory over the second death. It's a time to say thank you and celebrate. So as communion is passed, I, I encourage you to just commune in a, in a heart of thankfulness today. Let me just tell you, the invitation is open. You need some prayer today. You want to talk about your walk with God today. As we continue in worship throughout this morning, feel free at any time to move the back of the room. There's a few of us back there. We'll be glad to help you on your journey with God. Father God, we just honor you and we praise you. And now, Lord, we receive these emblems and we just say thank you for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ.